Welcome to our study of Paul's Epistle to the Galatians here on the Radio Bible Course. This is a verse-by-verse study, and we hope you'll have your Bible open before you, if you're not driving, of course, so that you'll get the benefit of the Word of God, the written Word of God. It is the Word of God. It was inspired by the Spirit, and Jesus foretold that this would be the case when he told his disciples, even before he was crucified, that he would send the Spirit, and the Spirit would guide them into all truth and show them things to come. These New Testament epistles are the result of that promise of Jesus Christ, and the Spirit has done that. And he has selected Paul the Apostle, who has given us so many of these epistles, especially the teachings about the church. Now, verse 27 of Galatians 3 reads, For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. If you are new to this program, your conclusion might be immediately that Paul is talking about water baptism. It has nothing to do with water baptism. And I need to remind our listeners again, and perhaps I've said this before to some of you, that baptism was a common household word among the Greeks, and it meant many things not one thing. One thing you learn about Bible interpretation, if you really study the Bible, is that words do not have a single meaning. Words have meanings. And if we're going to be wise Bible students, we'll try to determine what those meanings are, that is, the wide range of meanings, and then let the context decide which meaning should be applied. Now here, the context has been about the Israelites, the Jews, where Paul said, before the faith, the Christian faith came, we were kept under the law, under a custodian. But now that the faith has come, we are no longer under a custodian. For in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith. Well, that's talking about salvation, coming to sonship in Christ. Now, he explains that further with verse 27 by saying, For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. You see, this is not a baptism like Christ. It's a baptism into Christ. And you say, that's strange. What could that possibly mean? How can you be baptized into somebody? Well, if you know how the Greeks use the word, that is, to be united with someone or something, or to come under the influence of someone or something, and then, as a consequence, to be changed by that thing, the Greek said you were baptized by it or into it. And that's the meaning here. There's no water in Galatians 3.27, and I think there's no water in Romans chapter 6. The passage which is quoted so often when people conduct a baptism. If Romans chapter 6 means water baptism, then it means water baptism saves us. And not many people will go along with that because the Bible declares at least 150 times that we are saved either by believing or through faith. And it can't be both ways. Faith in Christ saves The baptism is something that we experience after we are saved. But this baptism in Galatians 3.27 is talking about our salvation. 
how we put on Christ. Now, that's figurative language. There are things in this life that we do put on. We put on coats. We put on sweaters. We put on clothes. We may put on a hat. And oftentimes, what we wear is a means of identification. It's certainly true with someone in the Navy or the Army or the Marine Corps. It's also true with some clergy who wear different garments. When they put those on, you can identify what they represent, and you can certainly tell a Navy man from a man who's in the Army by what he puts on. Now, the Bible uses figurative language. For example, in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 5, Peter writes, All of you, clothe yourselves with humility toward one another. That's putting on the characteristic of humility. And the Christian is supposed to be that way. Now, obviously, we all don't. Or we all have not. And that was the case in Peter's day. And that's why he's exhorting them to do it. Clothe yourselves with humility toward one another. Let that be a part of what you are wearing, so that when people see your manner, your behavior, they see that you are clothed with that characteristic of humility, which certainly Christ also was clothed with. Now, in Colossians 3.12, we have still another one of these words It's figurative. Paul writes, put on a heart of compassion. Well, how do you do that? Well, he even explains it in the following words. A heart of compassion is kindness, humility, gentleness. This is something to put on. Now, you can do something about this. Don't pray that God will give you a heart of compassion. He's telling you to do it, not to pray for it. Don't pray that God will give you love. You have been commanded to love. There are things to pray for, but there are other things that we are responsible for. And I think we spend too much time praying for things that we already have the ability to do. Now, to be baptized into Christ is to be united with him, and it results in putting on these characteristics which were his. We put on clothes, so we can put on his virtues and his lifestyle. Now, who does this baptizing into Christ? It's the Spirit that does it, and we read about that in 1 Corinthians 12:13, where Paul wrote, For by one Spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jew or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and we were all made to drink of one spirit. So you see, to put on Christ is to become one with him, so that what he did, you do. That's how the Father looks at us. We were crucified with him and raised with him. How? By faith. When you believe in Christ, you're believing in his cross work, not simply that it happened in history, but that it's personal. Christ was crucified for you and for me. And when I believe in him, I believe in that cross work that it did some good for me. Not much sense in believing in a crucified Christ if he doesn't do you any good. Why did he come? He came to save us from our sins. Did he succeed or did he fail? 
He succeeded. The Bible declares that. And it tells us that his crucifixion brings us a benefit. And the benefit is this, that I will never have to have the wrath and the judgment of God fall on me because it fell on Christ who took my place. That's the benefit, the big benefit, and that's salvation. Judgment is past. I fear no judgment because Christ took my judgment. This is a wonderful teaching, and that's why we ought to tell people to believe in Christ. We ought not to beg them. We ought to tell them that Christ did it for them so that they can be free of their sins and they will face no judgment if they'll trust in the one who took their judgment. There's a benefit in the cross for everyone who believes. We were crucified with him. And the Bible tells us we were raised with him through faith. That's how God looks at us. We are also invested with his righteousness. Now, there are Christians who, of course, have believed in Jesus Christ, but they don't live righteously. Nevertheless, when God looks at them because of their faith in the righteous one, he treats them as having righteousness. Now, the ideal situation is to believe in Christ and have his righteousness imputed to you. But in addition to that, having that imputed righteousness or the righteousness which God declares you have by faith in Christ Jesus, the ideal now is that you also live righteously. We have been saved to do good works. There's no doubt about that. That's what all the New Testament epistles teach. And especially do the epistles teach that we love one another as he loved us. That's the new and the only commandment that Christ gave the church, to love one another. And when you have done that, you will be living righteously because you will be fulfilling that great commandment Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and your neighbor as yourself. Now we come to verse 28, and Paul writes, There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus, but not in the church. Now let me explain. This is talking about salvation. The ground is level in front of the cross. No matter who you are, what your background is, what your social status is, or how wealthy you are, or how educated you are, everyone comes to Christ and before the cross equal. There's no difference. We are all sinners. We are all lost. And we all get complete salvation when we trust in him. So there's no difference, not even a difference between Jew and Gentile, a difference which certainly was pronounced in the Old Testament, but no more. Now, some people have taken this passage and have erroneously applied it to social relations and to status in the church. Now, I want to explain all this. In Christ, which means believing in him and belonging to him, all are equal before God. But Paul is not saying that distinctions between slaves and free, men and women, and so forth, 
have disappeared. Of course there are distinctions, as there was between slave and free man. There is a popular recent view that says verse 28 means all distinctions in the life of the church have fallen away. This has led to female elders and teachers, a practice which is certainly in conflict with other biblical instruction. This verse has been plucked out of its context, which is not church life. The context is about salvation in Christ. If Paul meant by this that all distinctions were gone, his other epistles would have supported this by teaching masters to free their slaves and by teaching women that they should submit to the Lord instead of to their husbands. The fact is, social distinctions were not annulled. This verse doesn't teach inferiority in Christ. God thinks as much of the believing slave as he does the believing free man. And the same is true of poor and rich, women and men, and Gentile and Jew. They are all one in Christ. Is any person righteous enough to enter heaven? Of course not. God's remedy is the principle of faith first set forth in the book of Genesis and found throughout the Old and New Testaments. God saves us by faith. What is faith? Our free booklet entitled Heaven's Password answers that question and many other questions you may have. Write for your free copy today to the Radio Bible Course. Until tomorrow, this is Nikella Voda reminding you that the word gospel means good news. Our address is Radio Bible Courses, Post Office Box 14916, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, 70898. The website is rbcword.org.